you, you know, you can't come in there and double or triple their lot rent just because it's on the market. The reason why we were able to purchase at the price we were able to purchase at is because of the infrastructure issues that the park had. And I think a lot of business owners that I, that we speak to, that I speak to, they all have the same thing. It's getting quality people, you know, and retaining quality people. And we're back on the MHP Exchange podcast. I'm your host, Frank Rizzo. Joining me is my partner, Eric Busatel. How are you this fine morning, Eric? Doing wonderful, Frank. Just, just wonderful. Eric comes in. He loves to get people charged up. Then he stops, pivots the entire conversation, and says, we're ready to go somewhere else. But we're not going to do that today, Eric. We are, right. Sounds good. We are, we've got a interesting and I think very important topic, especially for people who are looking to get involved in the MHP space because you can find a lot of reasons to do it. And a lot of people talk about why they want to become a mobile home park investor. Today, we're going to talk about the top three reasons, right? Or the top three dangers of mobile home park investing. Are you, are you ready for that? I'm ready. Okay. But before we do any of that, right, before we go into that, and I know that's why you're here, I'm just going to ask everybody out there listening two things, right? One, check out our new site, the MHPExchange.com. That is the one spot to go to for opportunity, news, education, and entertainment. The advanced site also has the only one in the industry, Chat MHP, where it is an AI designed specifically to answer any and all of your mobile home park investing or mobile home park industry related questions. It'll do a deep dive on that. You definitely want to check that out. It, it should be your dashboard if you're, if you're interested in the MHP space. What other stuff could you do there, Frank? Well, you can create your own account. You can favorite properties. We have listings of mobile home parks and mobile homes that could fill your park nationwide. You could favorite properties. You could list a property or a home for sale. You could have it on your own dashboard. You could message people through that. That becomes your own private dashboard back and forth. You can find educational pieces on what's happening in and around the industry. And you get up-to-date news every day in your feed of things that are happening in the mobile home park industry that may affect your investments to give you a scope of what's happening across the country, which is huge. It's a site that nobody else has. And I think, you know, when we, we, we thought about this, we looked at it. One of the biggest issues in this space, you know, Frank was us finding information, right? And, and that's why we put this site together. Um, and it's your one-stop shop to find information. We want it to become your one-stop shop to find information. Um, there's literally all stuff related to MHP. Um, anything you need to know is there. Um, there's a list there of every mobile home community nationally, which uh, took a little bit of time to put together. So if, if you need information, check us out there. But we'll tell everybody, I mean, your tenants, you could step into a park that could be, this is what happens in certain communities. They have a bad connotation of a mobile home park. And sometimes you can have tenants in there that could be pretty rough, right? And we've we've definitely experienced our fair share of that. Of course. I just don't think that's a top three item, but I do think it's something to concern about. I mean, anything else that you think, E, because I know we spoke about, you know, our top pitfalls, but anything else that you might think of that somebody coming into this space, 
should just be aware of like a danger. Well, let's talk about infrastructure, right? I mean, infrastructure is, um, you really wanna spend a lot of your time in diligence looking at the infrastructure, right? Looking at the, uh, if it's sewers, you wanna get those checked out. Um, if it's septic tanks, I mean, you, you definitely wanna take a look at these septic tanks, have somebody go in there, take a look at them. I mean, we've bought numerous communities with septic tanks. Um, you're always gonna run into issues, but you wanna know what your issues are gonna be before you buy a park, right? You wanna be able to put enough money aside or raise enough capital uh, to fix whatever these issues are or build that into your model, right? You don't wanna buy the park and then find out afterwards that you need to spend a lot of money on infrastructure. And I will tell you, and especially if you go back to the MHP Exchange website and you look at the news that comes up, there is no faster way for a property owner to get themselves on the front cover of a newspaper in any town across this country than not providing clean water or being able to handle a sewer backup. So to your point, you have to do your diligence on the water and the, and the sewer systems in your communities before you get in there, knowing the age of the systems, knowing how that flows. Let's, you know, and specifically, um, think about what happened at, at the park we, we purchased in Walnut Creek, which had a major infrastructure issue. Matter of fact, the reason why we were able to purchase at the price we were able to purchase at is because of the infrastructure issues that the park had. They had an old, you know, old septic lines where they didn't have enough field lines for the septic to drain. And it required to be updated specific pretreatment plants to be put in. Things have changed over the years. And I think that's what happens, Frank. I think when, when a community is built or when septic tanks originally go in, if it's 50 years ago and, you know, 50 years go by and, you know, you're running off that, you know, same system and things happen to the system. And when you want to fix these things, sometimes you, you can't just fix them. You have to upgrade them because the laws have changed. The codes have changed. You know, maybe you put some homes in a spot that um, now you're too close to a septic tank or a septic line. So if you want to redo it or rebuild it, you have to now you know, change where that septic tank is. And sometimes a community order doesn't budget for that or they just don't have the money for do it. And, you know, these things become big issues over time. And, you know, ultimately that's, that's why some people sell. Um, another uh, item that we'll talk about, including in this infrastructure, you mentioned it before, is, you know, the water, right? I mean, when you're buying a community and, you know, especially if you have well water and you're providing that water, well water, uh, it has to be tested, right? It has to be monitored regularly. I mean, we have people who come out there, you know, weekly sometimes, if not monthly, and they're, they have to put chemicals in it. They have to write reports. They have to send this stuff into the county, the state, to make sure that, you know, there's no bacteria in the water. That could be a major issue. And I can't tell you how many times we've bought a community or We've looked at buying communities where the prior owner doesn't do any of that, right? I mean, so that's something you want to understand if there's a well system. Um, how old is the well? How many wells are there? How much water can come from one well, you know, to and compare it to the amount of lots are on a community? 
Very important topic there. You don't want to you don't want to get anybody sick, right? Because that's that's how you end up in the newspaper. Sure, hundred percent, and that's that's the number one danger. And I think it's something that gets overlooked a lot of times when you have people who are buying a park, especially for their first time or second time. So number one pitfall, number one danger is infrastructure. Make sure that you know what you're doing with it. However, back to that Walnut, in, in that Walnut Creek situation, us knowing what that I infrastructure is gave us a dramatic reduction in price and value because that property had been in contract for a significantly higher price. Us knowing what the infrastructure issue was, knowing what we had to do to upgrade the infrastructure gave us a tremendous discount to to value in that property not just to the seller but you know not a lot of competitors of ours want to get in into a project like that Correct. so that that also gave us a a win Correct. because you know we were willing to take on that that issue number two and the second issue that that you have to be that we have to be aware of or the pitfall that you have right now you know all real estate is local so you have to be aware if there's any rent control ordinances that are taking place in the market that you're in. You want to be aware of, you know, what your eviction process may be if you have to evict, because we're starting to see um, a lot more over the last few months because affordability has become such an issue that some states, some local uh, local ordinances are taking place where you're starting to see rent control issues take place, right? Or rent control initiatives take take place and take hold. So you have to be familiarized with your local rules and ordinances because what works in one place might not work in another municipality. And if you're not paying attention to that, you could end up, you know, in in a disaster situation where you have no easy out, you know, easy access out. Absolutely. And something I think that you people should keep in mind, last September, there was a class action lawsuit through um, with Datacom and some of the largest MHP operators across the country saying that they were using that data, right, to collude in, in moving rental prices. So you have to be alert to what's happening legislatively. You have to be alert to what's happening in your local markets when it comes to that, because that challenge and it's across the board in real estate that challenge is something that you can't control operationally right that is not something that you can that you on the ground can fix like you could the infrastructure bad press that you read is that you've seen a lot of companies or new entry uh operators come into a space and you know buy a community who is paying extremely on the market lot rent and just take it totally up right um you don't want to payment shock people, right? I mean, if somebody's living there for 15, 20 years and they're paying X, right? You, you know, you can't come in there and double or triple their lot rent just because it's on the market. Um, you, you really need to scale out or model out a plan to do that and make sure it coincides with the ordinances uh, and make sure you're, you're, you're giving something for these increases, right? Like, what are you doing to better the community? in order to, you know, raise these prices, right? And and again, just make sure whatever it is that you do, make sure you're giving proper notice, right? You know, uh, some of these ordinances are is you need to give proper time to a tenant to let them know when the raise is coming, right? Some community, some areas may be 60 days, 90 days, 120 days. You need to know what these, what these items are. I'm gonna give everyone a tip here 
And this is something that we do, and I haven't seen this with other operators. And, and maybe it's from maybe our vantage point where we were doing business in New York and having had dealt with rent-stabilized apartments and quote-unquote preferential rent, right? What we have done in certain communities where we knew, hey, we're coming in, we have under-market rents, we have under-market lot rents, and we have infill, but you also have a fixed income portion of that community. And it's a, it's a, it could be a small segment of it. So while we're having increases come across the board on the new, on the new lots, new per, somebody coming in new, they're going to be at market, right? Or pretty close to market as we're getting that community filled up. Right. We, but if we know that we have somebody who's on a fixed income, right. substantiated fixed income, we will give a preferential rent, a legacy resident preferential treatment to them, right? Preferential rent to them because we're not looking to change the culture of the community. You have someone who's lived there for 25 years and they're on social security and they, they're, they're not going to be able to get to a certain point and still be able to, to live. And if the deal or the opportunity doesn't work without that, right? Meaning like if I need those 12 lots in a hundred lot community to be at X, then maybe it's too marginal. Like you have to kind of figure that, figure that in and have to figure out how can I kind of keep that culture, which we talk about all the time and not shock everybody and, and still um, create value and, and make it economically beneficial to do this again. Well said, Frank. So that's the, the the second big pitfall, rent control and local ordinances on that. You have to make sure you're looking at, at those issues. So we go back just number one, infrastructure, two, rent control, local ordinances. And then what would you say if, if coming to you day one, new investor, what is the third issue that you'd have to look at if you had to list out the top three issues or pitfalls or dangers of investing in a mobile home park? There's a few different types of investors, Frank, right? There's your, there's your investor that's going to be an active investor and manage the property themselves, right? So you can only do that if you're local to the community that you're looking to buy or if you're going to buy a community that's from a distance, right? So you know, we're from New York and our communities are, you know, four, five, six hundred miles away. Uh, you have to have a great team on the ground. Right. Point. So, I mean, that's that's the biggest obstacle. I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, we travel regularly and so many people in our travels have learned about the space. They love the space. They want to get involved in the space. Um you have to either a be willing to travel regularly to wherever it is the community is that you're um, you're you're looking to buy, or you need to figure out a way to build a team there that's going to be able to uh, most importantly, you know, create and help you instill the culture that you're looking to get out of a community, right? So um, finding and, a great team on the ground is is the most important factor. And I think a lot of business owners that I, that we speak to, that I speak to, they all have the same thing. It's getting quality people, you know, and retaining quality people. That's a challenge, but it's in this industry. That's so important. Having the team and not just the eyes and ears on the ground, like the, the person who might be, you know, Oh, being a caretaker for your community, 
but making sure you have contractors on the ready if something does happen. Like, who are you going to call if you do have an infrastructure problem? If you do have a, a water leak that you need to take care of, or you have, you know, a tree that's blown down and, and it's causing damage or blocking a road. Like who are the people that you have there already? Cause you don't want to be, and I'm going to date myself by saying going through the phone book, right? I guess, I guess the answer now is going through Google, right. And trying to find the vendor when you need them, right. That is the, that's the worst time to try to find somebody. You want to have that set up and established beforehand. And, and let's face it, vendors, I mean, electricians, plumbers are tough to come by in general, anywhere you go right now. Um, I mean, there's just a, a, a missing, you know, it's just different than it was 10 years ago. Different. Getting people to work in general. And, and then uh, not every plumber electrician works on mobile homes. That's, that's a whole nother topic, right? So, you know, finding someone who's familiar with the type of you know, uh, infrastructure a mobile home park has is is another whole topic. Um, main main thing is you know who's going to be managing this property, right? And 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 your manager is going to be the one who's going to help you whatever it is that you're doing there, whether it's um, you know deep value add, you know evictions, moving homes in and out, finding these vendors and maintaining these relationships with these vendors. I mean, you can do that to an extent from a distance. I mean, I I do it from a distance, but your, your community manager is the person who's going to see that guy or that person and, and make sure that they're doing the right job, make sure that, you know, um, they're, they're, the job is getting done and it's getting done cost effectively. To emphasize your point here on how important it is in ter terms of having the right team on the ground, you know, we're looking at a opportunity right now, 63-unit community, 13 vacant lots, there's 14 vacant homes on there. Gentleman who has it purchased the community a couple of years ago. I mean, it's a fresh buy, right? He's moved the income up, but he hasn't been able to get the expenses in control and he can't find people on the ground to manage it. He hasn't been able to build the team. And because of that, he's looking for an exit because he realizes that, hey, this is never gonna get better than where it is, and I can't execute on my plan because I never put the right people in place from day one to execute my business plan. So by not taking that step, by not during the time before you acquire that property to go out there and look to build that team, it became a major pitfall, and now he's done a ton of work. He's paved roads, he's renovated homes, and now he's gotta exit and not get the value that he thought he was going to create there and not enjoy really the benefit of doing that work because he didn't have the right team in place starting day one. And that is a huge, huge pitfall, something for something for somebody to look at. I mean, like, I mean, we talked about vendors. Um, if you're going to just subcontract out all work, right. Uh, and not find the right vendor and you're going to pay top dollar for everything. I mean, it's very difficult to get your expenses under control and to be successful. Um, I mean, I think one of the main points of us being successful is the fact that we do a lot of the work ourselves, right? Uh, we try to buy in the same region so we could share uh, our, our people, right? Our managers, some of our managers will manage multiple parks. You know, we have, um, you know, a handful of, you know, workers on, on, you know, our payroll that, you know, is able to do a lot of the stuff, you know, 
quick leaks, you know, sneaking out septic tanks. I mean, if you're going to call a plumber every single time you have an issue with a septic tank, I mean, it's going to be very difficult for you to get your expenses under control. To, to, to put this together for people listening, right? Top three pitfalls of investing in a mobile home park, right? They, top three dangers of investing in a mobile home park. Number one, you have your infrastructure. Number two, you have to know what your local ordinances are. You got to be aware if there's rent control coming in there, what the eviction process is to make sure that you have that under control. And then number three, and that's so key, build your team before you own the park. If you don't have the right team in place, you are going to find yourself, you know, you're going to find yourself not being able to execute on your game plan. And, and at the end of the day, real estate is not about bricks and sticks. It's always about the people. It's putting the right people in place. And, and, and make sure you're accounting for what it's going to cost to have that team, that right team. You need to know what it's going to cost to have that right team. And it's not always being the, the cheapest. It's, it's about being reliable, dependable, and, and getting the job done with quality service. That's super important. I um, mean, this has been a, I think, super important episode and i'm glad that we're able to share that with everybody out there e, do you have anything that you'd like to add no and of uh, many words this morning thank you very much for joining in if you've liked this program go to itunes go to spotify rate the program give us a review check us out on the mhpexchange.com we'd love to hear back from you we answer your questions a lot of times we'll just do that here and if it's as a podcast as an episode so send us your questions concerns that you might have in the industry my name's frank rizzo this is the mhp exchange podcast at the mhpexchange.com see you next time